It's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had this much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day. He's the best. Keith Stewart. Good afternoon and welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. Well, I'm back from a tremendous trip in Tulsa. The PGA Tour is down in Dallas-Fort Worth for the Charles Schwab Challenge. The ladies are in Las Vegas for the Bank of Hope LPGA match play. The uh, older men are up in the KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship, which is in Michigan. And we have a rock and roll legend that I just can't wait for in our interview today. Therefore, Wade, light it up. Let's go. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. Chop chop, it says I'm gonna win big. Choose not to like of imitation. Distant us into the reservation. We all choose not a life of imitation. Thank you, Anthony Kiedis and the boys. We are off and running on a Friday afternoon, and I am fired up because basically I'm not in Tulsa anymore. You're not, you're here. Yes, I am here. Back in the studio in the hot seat and having some fun with my good man, Wade Weezer. And I'll tell you something. We had a super Sunday at the PGA Championship, my friend. Holy moly. Do tell. Oh, golly. Well, you know, JT wins from seven back starting on Sunday morning. Uh, you know, we had a, we had a, some non-winners at the top, guys that had not secured their first victory on the PGA Tour yet, let alone a major championship. And uh, you knew it was going to be interesting on Sunday afternoon. And boy, let me tell you, the energy around that place, there were two moments last week that really took me back to the days of, you know, being around the tour and doing those fun things and getting out there and, and going and participating in events. And I tell you, Friday afternoon, when Tiger's back nine, he made the run for the cut line was just awesome. It was just awesome. One of those moments like, this is why I do what I do. Oh, my goodness. I tell you. I mean, he, he's going hole by hole in the back nine, and you just hear the crowd. I mean, it's just this unbelievable wave of momentum making its way through the golf course. And if you've never experienced something like that, folks, it's a bucket lister. You got to do it. And, you know, when he came in and he made the cut and everybody would, I mean, it, it was just crazy. It was just absolutely insane. And I love that. And you know what? To JT's credit, on Sunday afternoon, he was almost there. I mean, when we get to a playoff and it's a young star and Will Zalatoris, and then we've got, you know, one of the biggest stars on the PGA Tour, Justin Thomas, out there contending yeah. in a three-hole playoff. Uh, I mean, it's just great. Just absolutely great. Um, just really cool. You know, and I tell you, I, I hadn't seen Tiger or talked to Tiger since the 2017 President's Cup where he was assistant captain or vice captain or Captain's captain. I don't know. Um, whatever. Somebody's captain. Something like, oh, captain, my captain. <laughs> yeah. You know, Robin Williams. There you go. Um, I don't, although I don't think Tiger's a dead poet. No, but anyway, no, 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 uh, no. Getting back on track. And uh, I saw him on the range and then walked with him on, let's see, uh, Saturday morning. Um, during that miserable morning where it dropped 30 degrees from when it was 90 on Friday afternoon. And I tell you, the poor guy's hurt. There, Mr. Wade Weezer. Really? Yeah, he's not. He's not healthy. But and, he, did he did he talk about it at all? Or you know, I, I, I he's an internal guy. I mean, yeah, he does. Yeah, that's what he I mean. That's what I would yeah, be surprised. He's, he's not. I mean, you could just tell. I mean, yeah. you could tell when somebody and it was cold and he had to play early, like eight thirty in the morning. He, the guy's got to get up. It seems as if three, four hours in advance just to prepare his body between his back yep, yep, and yep. now the leg in order to play. 
And you That's know, why you, Don Mattingly quit baseball back in the uh, 90s. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, <laughs> congrats to your Yankees. They're playing some good ball these days. Oh, um, don't get sidetracked. Okay. So, but I tell you, the legend lives on. So, you know, I'm very, I, I live a privileged life, you know, going to those events and you could walk inside the ropes. So when you, when you follow Tiger, you don't have to battle with 10 rows deep of people mm-hmm. and you yeah. get to see things from a very interesting perspective. And I tell you, man, he hasn't lost his clout. You're walking, I'm walking down the fairway, right? And you look at the rope line and there's a million hands out oh, with yeah. phones just to see him walk by. He's golf royalty. royalty. Oh, beyond it transcends, royalty. Transcends golf. Yeah. It's, you know. yeah, he's like Game of Thrones or something on top of royalty, you know? <laughs> That's a thing. The queen forever. Yeah, I mean, I tell you, it, it was just... Uh, it's just so inspirational and and to see him back in action and what it does for people because this is a whole different generation of people. Oh, you yeah. know, everyone that's in their 30s and 20s that just loves to see Tiger. I mean, they have no. I mean, no. they have an idea from their parents. Sure, but, but they, they have they no idea. They experience it. Oh my God, summer 2000. I mean, ten wins, ten million dollars, and three majors in a row. Tiger I mean, madness. Oh, of every magazine cover. Oh, I mean, unbelievable. You know, seeing him on the range at Howarth every day practicing. I mean, just, just crazy. It's unbelievable. You know, hey, we have a holiday weekend coming up. We do. You know, Memorial Day weekend. You have any plans? Well, I, we might have a barbecue. That's in the works. But uh, uh, well, we got this little thing in the back of my throat. So we're going we're, we're gonna to play that by ear. All right. Well, you know, you, you got some pulp culture going on this weekend. You got Tom Cruise is back. Oh, oh see, that's I might just play sick so I can go see that. There you go. You got a little Stranger <laughs> Things, a little Obi-Wan. I know what you like to get into. So there's, there's a lot going on this weekend. And we have a lot going on on this show today. We have just one of the coolest people that I've been introduced to. Mm. Bill Kerbishley is a promoter. He's a musician manager, right? He He's in charge of a group called Trinifold Management. And he started working with some bands back in the late 60s, early 70s. And... Uh, one of the bands that he yeah. works with, I mean, it's, it's some you may have heard of. The, li- the list is unbelievable. And uh, he's entered into about a decade ago. He started a group called Golfing for Life, and they help promote, pay for, support um, young English men and women who are trying to grow a career in professional golf and just professional life in general. Um, think of this as like the first tee on steroids, you know, right. when, when they get kids involved or whatever. These sure. these are people that are, can already play at a professional level and then they kind of take them under their wing. And and Kirby, I mean, is like just philanthropic to the day's end. You know, he, he when I started doing a bunch of research on him, um, his name comes up a lot because he manages The Who and Led Zeppelin and a lot of other people. Now, who was know. at Madison Square Garden last night? The Who. Now, just before the show, you told me you had an opportunity to do what last night? Well, Bill very nicely uh, invited my wife and I to go into the city and go watch the show. Um, But I had a better invitation. I had to take my daughter to basketball. Okay. You know what? You you get a pass. Because you know it wasn't going to be the nosebleed seats. Oh, and they're playing. Oh, my God. You're going to be probably Who was playing with an orchestra? I'm sure we'll get into it with him. But... um, (laughs) I mean, I'm sure it was a legendary, legendary event, and uh, it's going to be a legendary interview. I can't wait to talk to him and all that they're into in golf and get a little perspective on his life because it's been it's been a really cool one, that's for sure. And speaking of places that aren't cool, let's go quickly out to Las Vegas and talk about the ladies in the match play championship, the Bank of Hope LPGA match play event. 
And they started on Wednesday. They do the format just like the men do in Austin at the WGC. They have group play with 16 different groups with four ladies in each. And then they get to a knockout on Saturday morning, bracket of 16, and they work their way through. So they're through two rounds of matches. There's, uh, let's see here, 11 players that are still 2-0. and So that's a long list, you know, highlighted by uh, Carlotta Saganda, Madeline Sagstrom. Uh, Allie Ewing was your champion in 2021. She's won one and O. And Minji Lee, our last champion at the Cognizant Founders Cup, she's won one and O. A lot has to play out here, but the big thing is, is that um, I don't know if the LPGA likes their players. I mean, they're sending them to Vegas in May. You know, it's like I was looking at the weather for 35 degrees. Oh, I was looking at the weather for uh, read the line. I, Folks, the LPGA loves their players. I'm joking. All right. We Take it, it easy. Take it easy. All right. So, and uh, I, every day the high was like 103. <laughs> and they're going to play seven. To win this thing, you got to play seven rounds. And the weekend, you got to play 36 a day. So, good luck with that. And since it's Vegas, you have to uh, gamble some slots and do a shot between every hole. Oh, my goodness. I mean, and they're at Shadow Creek, which is just a legendary place. Now, speaking of legends, let's talk about the KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship. I'm going to throw them some love because it's my PGA Association's Senior Men's Championship. And they're up at Harbor Shores in Benton Harbor, Michigan. This is the fifth time they've been there in about... 10 years so they must really love this place it's a cool golf course uh and leading the way after round one go figure is steven alker and he shot seven under uh 64 and bob estes is tied with him we have a club pro paul claxton he's six under with mike weir which is pretty cool but steven alker we got to talk about this guy for a second he monday qualified for the pga tour champions back in august all right. We talked about him a little bit when he had his first win. I think it was around November, right? Or October, November, something like that. But he Monday qualified. I mean, he was like just a mini tour vagabond, right? I mean, the guy was like played on every tour. He was, he, you know, he was on the PGA tour at some points, so, you know, he, I mean, but he never won. He, well, he, he had won some mini tour events or whatever, but he had never like won on the PGA tour or whatever. No success right. at the highest level, blah, blah, blah. Right. In 18 of, listen to this for a second, since he Monday qualified to get on, okay? And then the first week he topped 10 so he could go again the next week. I mean, you have to earn your right to play sure. when you don't have status or, or a, a PGA Tour Champions a tour card, right? Going to last week, he's played in 18 events, okay? Okay, so last se- the end of last season, the beginning of this season, he has three wins, three runner-ups, 15 top 10s and 18 top 25s, right? Okay, he's only played in 18 events. Wow. He's got 18 top 25s. He's done pretty good. And he comes out yesterday. I mean, he's got odds at the beginning of the week like Tiger. You know, he's like 4-1 to one to win the whole tournament. Right. He hadn't even teed off yesterday and his odds were dropping because I think maybe the scores weren't low enough or something. Right. I don't know. The guy goes out, he eagles his first hole of the day. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. This guy, <laughs> he's unbelievable. And I tell you, if you got a dream to play golf and you're willing to work hard, I give this guy all the credit in the world, man. He never gave up. That's fantastic. And he's leading the way there at their major championship, which is great. And, of course, uh, speaking of major championships, we talked about JT already and his victory, but he made the trip that I did from Tulsa down to Dallas when I flew back on Monday. That's right. And he um, is in a a really good field at the Charles Schwab Challenge, played at Colonial Country Club. We have eight tied after the first round uh, with a four under 66. Patrick Reed, Chris Kirk, Webb Simpson, Scotty Scheffler, number one player in the world, Harold Varner III, Nick Taylor, Cam Davis, Bo Hostler. So congrats to those guys who got it around efficiently yesterday at four under par. Some notables, you've got tied 26, you've got Spieth and Hovland at one under, and... At tie 43rd, even par, Morikawa, you're my man, Mito Pereira. I mean, big shout out to Mito. 
last week. So he gets to the 72nd hole in a major championship, his first major. Right. He's got a one-shot lead, and he does what every single one of us would have done, which was when he swung, he looked like he he had a minor convulsion. (laughs) I mean, the poor guy looked like he got struck by lightning. It was unbelievable. I mean, everybody that watched it, no matter how much golf you watch, you go, right. oh, that, was, that, <laughs> that wasn't good. Mm. So, And this is why I love Mito. And I love a lot of these younger players is because they're super authentic. So he, gets, he says, I'll, get, I'll do the interviews afterward. I'll talk about it. He goes, when somebody interviewed me on Monday and asked me you know, what, I, what my goals were for my first major championship, I said, I just want to make the cut. Right. I, th- I just want to make the cut. Thick. Fast forward Sunday, I have the lead with one hole to go. But let's go back to Monday. I just want to make the cut. Okay, step forward. He gets to Thursday. He has a decent round. I still just want to make the cut. I thought I was nervous on Monday. I'm pretty nervous today. This is Thursday. Being honest. All right, we get to Friday, and he's now going to be in the final group on Saturday. He goes, I thought I was nervous yesterday. (laughs) I'm not quite sure how I feel right now. We get to Saturday. We're going to talk to him. I mean, this this is coming from him, from Mito. And he says, he goes, well, you know, I, I was really nervous on Saturday. Okay. So what do you think his like whoop, his whoop sleep numbers were on Saturday night? <laughs> sleeping on a three shot lead, right? He goes, Sunday was like an outer body experience to me. I go, well, we, we, we saw that on the 72nd hole. But oh. I mean, with all due respect, I mean, I give that guy all the credit in the world. You know, he was. He was definitely in tune with his experience all week, and and he held it together for a long time. I love that honesty, too. Oh, my God. It's infectious. (laughs) It's just unbelievable. You know, and and there's one more thing I want to touch upon before we get to Bill and our first break of the day, and that is this weekend, it's Memorial Day weekend, Mm -hmm. you know, and I know it's a holiday weekend, and we were joking earlier about what we might do. I'm I'm going down to the commission's place at the Jersey Shore. I'm going to have some fun with some friends of mine that uh, I usually do on Memorial Day weekend, so I'm very much looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to Game 6 Rangers on Saturday night, all of that's going on this weekend. But, you know, one of the things that I have been tasked with doing for the last month, and if you've been following along on PGA.com, I've been writing articles, these feature articles on people that either volunteer for Folds of Honor or for PGA Hope, which is helping our patriots everywhere. Yes. And... This weekend is Patriot Golf Day, and it's perfectly aligned with Memorial Day weekend. Uh, For some people, they might say, didn't that used to be in September? It was on Labor Day weekend, and then everyone came to their senses and said, well, actually, Patriot Golf Day should be on Memorial Day weekend. So they moved it a couple years ago. And like so many things in COVID, you just kind of slide things around, and then you say, say, why'd you move (laughs) it? They say say COVID. (laughs) It's like, eh, it's kind of better there anyhow. So there have been some great people I've got to meet this month and write articles on, and you know, you can go look them up at PGA.com. Uh, just these amazing, amazing individuals. And all it does is give me a lot of perspective for this weekend. So when you see the flag this weekend and you start to think about all the fun that you're having, you know, for just a moment in time, look up in the sky and thank everyone that has done their very best and committed their lives to defending our freedoms, our country, and all that's so important. And we enjoy this upcoming weekend because, you know, there is no Top Gun 2 without the real top guns. That's right. At the end of the day. And, Way to sum it up. I mean, and, and, you know, one of the people or one of the groups of people that really epitomizes all of this and exemplifies commitment to the armed forces and the services and taking care of them and PGA Hope is our friends at the New Jersey Golf Foundation. The charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. 
The foundation recently opened the Inspiration Golf Range located on the Lions campus of the VA New Jersey Healthcare System in Bernard's Township. The multi-purpose facility, which is open to the public, will host programming for youth, veterans, and individuals with special needs. To support the foundation or learn more about programs and special events, please visit njfoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. And if you're playing golf this weekend, play it in honor of Patriot Golf Day. Now, it's 3.15 here in New York. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. We'll be back in a moment with rock and roll legend and golf mentor, Bill Kerbishley. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Zubin Mahente. All NFL players get paid a lot. You're not going to get paid more than me, though, because I'm the guy when it comes to clearing it out. Y'all take care of me. Spoken like a true wide receiver. Way to go, Roscoe (laughs) Jenkins, team of me. His name is first on the show, so we get it. You know, we get it. Me, Sean, as they like to call me, for those that don't know me. But anyway. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin. Weekday mornings at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio or streaming live on the ESPN app. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. With a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming led by PGA professionals. So individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. An exciting new development is coming soon as the Inspiration Golf Range on the campus of the Lions VA Medical Center in Somerset County will serve as a new golf training facility for Special Olympics New Jersey as well as the new home site for the PGA Hope, a rehabilitative golf program for veterans. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, please visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. That's NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or 732-465-1212. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and you're listening to ESPN 920. You know, philanthropy is a verb, and Bill Kerbishley knows it. The man who has spent a lifetime promoting others decided to do the same for golfers. If you end up on his radar, there's no doubt you'll get some love. I've been driving all night, my hands wet on the wheel. There's a voice in my head that drives my heel. Today's interview is going to make a difference in your life. So volume up and mind open. I can't wait to share this English gentleman with all of you. job there wade weezer i love that intro right there from my man bill kirbishley bill welcome to the pro show how are you this afternoon oh great great keith yourself how are you any better i'd be twins my friend i love friday afternoons and i can't wait to talk to you so i'd love to get right into these interviews you and golf why is golf so important to you how did that game and you come together well it's um all sports was interesting to me in my former years, you know, growing up. And um, I got to a point uh, in my music career where um, in 1982, um, 
Pete Townsend said he wasn't going to tour anymore. He didn't want to work anymore. And somebody said to me, hey, you know, uh, would you like Judas Priest? I said, yeah, well, yeah. I said, I know their music. I think, yeah, they're great. They said, well, you interested in talking to them? I said, sure. So they said, well, they're down in Texas. So I went from New York to Texas, saw them play, met with them, and I've managed them ever since. That was in 1982. So they were in Spain. They came over to Spain. I had a house in Spain at the time. And they came over to write songs. And they were staying in this, uh, like, some cabins uh, annexed to a hotel there. And I went around to see them. And they were hitting golf balls into the ocean. So I said, what are you guys doing? They said, we're practicing. We're just getting rid of some old golf balls. They said, go on hit one so they gave me a three wood and I missed it about six or seven times and then I it, I hit it pretty sweet and it sailed out there and that was the first needle with the drug that addicted me to golf <laughs> the next day I was down at a lower golf course taking a lesson and um, getting into golf and then thereafter I used to book Judas Priest's uh, tours there was two of them that were golfers, KK Downing and Glenn Tipton. And I used to book their tours so they could bus it overnight between cities and check into the hotel, shower, go out on the golf course. And that's how we, we used to tour. That was our way of touring around America, which was fantastic. We got to play all the great golf courses. And that was me. I was completely addicted. Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, we're all addicted to the game in so many different ways, but what a story that got you started. Who would have guessed Judas Priest were diehard golfers back in the day? I mean, I, I love it. Yeah. And, you know, one of the other bands that you manage. Listen, you, you guys, you mustn't tell people you play golf. I said, you're getting up there dressed in leather and, and metal. They said, Alice Cooper does. I said, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Case rest. <laughs> and uh we that's how we anyway so i'm digressing a bit that's all right that's all right you know my listeners can start to you know figure out a little bit of your history here that it goes back in music and i know you were in new york city last night uh you managed the who and they were at msg you know the world's most famous arena how'd the concert go last night fantastic i mean from the first moment they went on the stage Best audiences in the world, New York, and Townsend said that. Pete Townsend said that from the stage. You know, for us to be back in New York, playing to these great, great fans here, um, let's hope it could last. Nothing lasts forever, but if that could last forever, I would be happy in eternity. <laughs> it's uh, it's a great. It's our second home. It was fantastic. A great show. Brilliant. You know, you mentioned they're happy in eternity. And the reason that I really wanted to talk to you this afternoon is that you've started a business called Golfing for Life, and you support players over there in England, men and women, that are pursuing a professional career in golf. And before we get into that, before we get into Golfing for Life, there's something that I heard you say in an interview that really impacted me. And you were talking about why people's dreams are so important. Can you go through that again? Because I think that anyone listening, uh, especially going into a holiday weekend or any kind of transition in their life, they would be impacted by what you had to say about dreams as well, how important they are for people to try to work towards them. 
Well, you, dreams also basically have a Siamese twin in the sense that passion is tied to dreams. And without dreams, you wouldn't get up in the morning. You wouldn't look look to do anything during the day. Without dreams, we just would not go forward, would we? So it's so important in our lives to pursue our dreams and to believe that they can come to reality. Um, it's happened to me in my life. And I guess really, in a sense, there's no greater feeling than to see someone achieve their dreams and work in an area or be in an area <clears throat> that embraces their passion. That's, that gives you a complete sense of fulfillment and um, it's, what we, it's what we live and breathe, really, to achieve our dreams. So to me, it's the, the life source. It's the essence of who we are. So there it is. There's the inspiration for Golfing for Life. And about a decade ago, you started this company. So give us a little background on, on how it got started. Let's go there first. Yeah, well, I was, I was in Spain for a period. Um, and my son and daughter both grew up in, in Spain, in southern Spain. And uh, my boy used to come out with me on the buggy when I was playing golf. And it was all about being on the buggy, grabbing a sandwich. You know, that was it. Um, then he started hitting golf balls and I thought well, he looks pretty good at the boy. Anyway, he persevered and the, um, as a young boy, he won all of the adult championships over there. Um, all of the club championships playing against men. And, um, the combination of that was that we came over when he was 14 and he played in Los Angeles and, uh, he won the Veritas junior world championship. So immediately after that, we went back to um, England to live so they could go to school in England. And um, he then was playing for the England uh, regional teams. And whilst he was playing in some of those tournaments, I got to know some of the other parents and some of the other lads that were playing in the England teams. And... Um, Firstly, one of those was a guy called Jimmy Byers, who we became very strong friends following that. But in getting to know the um, other players and their parents, I realized, and so did Jimmy, that there were a lot of them that were going through bad situations. You know, they were like maybe single parents or the father was unemployed. And so these kids, they... They, they didn't have any support and um, a lot of the times they wouldn't be able to go the day before for a practice round. They couldn't afford to stay anywhere. You know, they didn't have the money for a, a, a small room in a holiday inn or anything. And so they were, they were living in straightened circumstances, but trying to their best to play good golf. So between us, we felt that, you know, we could help these kids in as much as just covering some of their expenses so they could perform at their best level. So we formed a charitable organization called Golfing for Life. Golfing 
figure four life. And uh, we used to look and see uh, who we thought was the most in need and needed the most help, and we would help those youngsters. Um, This then developed over the years, and we had quite a bunch of young, really good, elite young players. And um, from there, I said to Jimmy, what do we do? You know, do we bring these youngsters along and they reach a certain level and then someone else comes along and takes them? And so we started looking at different management companies. But none of them appealed to us very much. You know, the ethos was different. And it was basically, a lot of it was financially driven or performance driven. So... We went. We we thought about this a, a great deal, and I said to him, "You know what I'm going to do? I think we should start a sports division to my management company." And that's what we did, and that became Trinifold Sports Management. But the basis for all of that was, and still is, Golfing for Life, which is a charitable, non-profit organisation. If any of those youngsters then would like to cut, stay with us then we get them to the point where they can sign professional contracts and be part of Trinifol Sports. So that's how it came about with Jimmy and I. Um, then, through different circumstances, um, once we got into Trinifold Sports Management, a few people approached us about joining us. And so a couple of uh, brothers who had had successful, a successful IT company um, joined us and came on the board and they invested in it. And then my friends at Universal Music, um, I've been closely allied to them and worked with them for the last 50 years. And they said, Bill, we don't know much about golf, but we want to be part of this. We've always worked together. We've always prospered. So we want to be part of this. So the board that we've got now at Trinifold Sports consists of several, you know, successful businessmen and um, Universal Music. And so we're often running as a bona fide management company. Bill, I got to ask this question. Where do you get your philanthropic energy from? Because, I mean, as you as listen, as I'm listening to you tell this story, right, there's definitely I mean, you worked with musicians. There's got to be a lot of parallels between both that and professional athletes. You know, there's so many people that have these dreams. They want to become they want to become the who or they want to become uh, Nick Faldo or something like that. Right. I mean, you see all of this. But in the end, I mean, you're you're helping everyone. You are a medium with which for these people to at least try to experience their dreams. Was there some point in your life or a mentor or someone who gives you your philanthropic energy because it's infectious? And, and, I, want to, and I want to kind of tell that's part of the story too. Well, yes, because without being given a helping hand and a fair wind, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. And it was two old friends of mine, one in particular, Mike Shaw, who um, uh, pushed and pushed for me to join him in what was then their 
entrance into the music business. Uh, we grew up together. We were school friends. <clears throat> and then, unfortunately, sadly, he suffered a bad car crash and he was paralyzed. But he worked with me following that for many years. But the so without the chance or being given the chance or the encouragement, I would never have achieved what I wanted to achieve in life. And my passion was music. Growing up, my passion was music and sports. That's what it was. And so um, I would never have been able to really be in the place I'm in today. And my, I remember my grandfather used to say to me, if you find your passion and then you develop that and it becomes your work in life, it isn't work anymore. And it's, and it's very true. You know, you have good and bad days. But if you're working in something that is your passion, you look forward to it, you get up to do it every day. And um, I've, I've been, I'm very grateful for the fact that I've been blessed in that area. Yeah, so, um, and there is a similarity, as you're saying, between aspirations of musicians and aspirations for sportsmen. Um, but you, you do need a little bit of help because you do find great musicians who never succeed um, through good or bad luck. They might slip through the net and the same with sportsmen. But if in, in your endeavors you give it 110%, then you can always go off then later. If you don't succeed, go off into another direction with your head held high and inner pride. You know, you just have to give it everything. There's no doubt about that. And I tell you, those words from your grandfather are, are certainly something special. And I'm, my life is the epitome of that. As a PGA professional, I've definitely done what I loved. There's no doubt about that. Um, there, is, there is something I do have doubts about, though. That is, if I don't <laughs> go to my sponsors real quick. Bill, could you just hold on for a quick minute? We'll be back very soon. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920, everybody. More with Bill and golf's next generation of English talent. Mike Greenberg is Greeny. Chris Paul is one of those guys whose numbers, if you look at them, are so good that they almost seem made up. But, you know, he was never on the best team all those years in New Orleans, wasn't able to go to the Lakers, winds up on the Clippers, then they fell short. But now here he is, the veteran presence on this otherwise very young Phoenix team. It would mean everything to his legacy. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and watch exclusively on ESPN+. Is there a better feeling than winning a bet? Take it from a professional, a PGA professional like Keith Stewart. When it comes to wagering on golf, you need to know more than analytics. Stats are just a description of a player's habits. But what causes those habits to repeat? There are other elements you need to consider to raise your betting acumen. If you're the type of person who loves to learn and earn by wagering, then you must read the line. With an easy-to-understand newsletter format, in five minutes a week, you can bet with confidence, knowing the picks are made by a golf professional. Golf betting lacks an expert voice. Read the Line brings over 25 years of experience in the golf industry to every prediction. Players are not an exact science, and neither is betting. But when you consider the human element of the game alongside facts and figures, you'll be able to elevate your winning reputation. Go to ReadTheLine.com to subscribe, read, and win. That's ReadTheLine.com.
You got a great voice it's for radio. Yeah. Time to get back on course. Face for radio. I, I get a lot of that too. As the pro show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. It's the pro show, and I'm Keith Stewart. Welcome back to our conversation with Bill Kerbishley. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. You know, being curious has built a life of success for Bill. Some who know him well might even call him the seeker. Great choice there, Wade Weezer. You're on your game as usual to kick off a holiday weekend. But let's get back. Well, you know what? Let it go. Let's go. All right, Bill, a little music there in your honor. Um, Man, last night must have been tremendous. Oh, it was great. I mean, just fantastic. And um, from the first note to the last, you know, and I go out in the audience every night, so <clears throat> I get the buzz from that, you know, being amongst the audience. And um, great people, you know, great people. And we, you know, I know we've got a little bit of an older generation because we've been around for so long now, but there's a good element of younger people there. They pick up on the songs, and uh, they want to come and see what this band is all about. And we, uh, once they once they do... They're part of it. They're part of our fan base. So we're very fortunate to be still doing what we've been doing for over 50 years. And Pete Townsend always says to me, you're always big on the grateful business. I said, yes, I'm grateful for everything. And as we should be, you know. And, um, you know, when you mentioned philanthropy, well, the truth is the giver, gets more from it than the taker. That's the truth. To be able to help people the way we do and be in the position we're in is nothing but a privilege. You know, we we have a couple of charities that we formed and we sustain, which is Teen Cancer America and Teenage Cancer Trust in the UK. And it's a fantastic feeling to be able to help youngsters who are afflicted with this awful disease, you know, and to give them inspiration and give them hope. So when people say that we're philanthropic, we're not really in that sense. Philanthropy is just a word. It's just a verb. The truth is what we're doing is giving back part of what people have given us. And uh, it feels great to do that. Well, I tell you, I'm sure it feels great on both sides. And one of the things that kind of popped into my brain there that I'm curious about, it's obvious throughout your entire career, decades of, of managing the most influential musicians of all time. You must have a tremendous eye for talent. And that's one of those things that I think a lot of people struggle with is that, you know, maybe their radar isn't that great for trying to figure out who is really genuine in their intentions to live out their dreams and work hard. And I wonder what the process is like for that someone goes through engulfing for life in order to essentially get your support and then have the privilege of being with you and Jimmy and having that support and the helping grow their career. 
Well, I guess it's really it's us that looks for them. Um, you have to look for, as you well know, being a golfer and having been a golfer yourself, it's not only about proficiency or talent. It's also about attitude, you know, and it's about having the right attitude, having, you know, putting in the right amount of effort and need, I'm, I'm wanting it. I'm really wanting it badly. And so if you, if you spot someone with all those ingredients, then, you know, we, we can talk to them and see what their situation is. And if they want to join us, that's fantastic. But this game of golf, it's a bit like life, isn't it, really? You know, oh, no doubt. Oh, one day you wake up and you're in the fairway and everything's sweet. The next day you wake up, you're in the second cut or you're in a bunker. And that's what it is. And that's life. Life is golf in that sense. And um, I often say to these youngsters, you know, look, you can't celebrate success unless you've tasted failure. And in this sport, you're going to taste failure more than you're ever going to taste success. You know, you look at Jack Nicklaus, and I often use him as an example. You know, 18 majors, probably top fives in the hundreds and hundreds. But how many games did he play? Thousands. You know, so it stands, it stands to reason that you're coming into a sport and you have to accept from the very beginning that you're going to lose more than you're going to win. But that builds character. That's great. You know, so it's a, it's a special, a special sport in that sense. Golf definitely mirrors life. And I love that sentiment. And what you're talking about changes lives. You are changing the lives of these young men and women. And I heard Jimmy Byers say something that he's fine with if someone doesn't make it on the DP World Tour or some other tour, that he hopes that a couple of the people that graduate from your program become CEOs, right? And I think about that as well. So is there a part of the program, like how do you develop that side of these young men and women alongside, I mean, it's easy to get a coach and make them great at golf, right? And hopefully someday they achieve their goals, but how do you make them better at life? Well, we do, we, we, firstly, we have a lot of contacts in the commercial world. So we would talk to these youngsters and see what their real interests are in life and see basically if we could help them find, find a direction should they fail a golf, you know, find a direction for them to go in and a plan B for their life. And um, with that in mind, we we keep in constant touch with um, various people in business and we try and slot the youngsters, if they don't succeed, into a commercial area. Um, and it's difficult, you know, it's difficult talking to a youngster about the possibility if they're really, really in, into what they're doing, talking to them about the possibility of failure. But we do know that you can fail in golf as, it, as in a lot of sports. Uh, there's more chance of you failing than succeeding, you know? Um, and I often say to them when they, when they're down a bit or they've had a bad round, 
there's not a great, great champion who hasn't suffered the same way you are now. You know, go ask them. They've all had bad rounds. They've, you know, it's, um, it's the nature of the game, but it's a character builder like no other sport, really. Like, no, like no other for sure. That's I, yeah. my whole life has been about golf. And as a PGA professional, um, from the time I was a bag rat and a caddy at 14 years old, um, this game has given me more than I can ever give back. And it's taught me more lessons than any coach could have ever taught me. And at the end of the day, I just love what you're doing there. And I know by the end of this interview that everyone that's listening, you know, out here in my New York audience is certainly going to want to follow your success story. And is there a website? Is, are you on social media? How can we learn more about your protégés, the men and women that are part of Golfing for Life? Well, I mean, um, Jimmy Byers, whose energy is boundless, unbelievable. He wanted to be part of this call, you know, so um, if you wanted to plug him in, you can certainly do that. I can give you his phone number. He's on the golf course at the moment, waiting to see if we call him. <laughs> um, but um, where was he? Sorry, I lost the point of the first of the question. Uh, people want to follow you, the website, or yeah. you know, how can well, we learn more about your athletes? Well, he, he's social media. He uh, we do regular posts on Instagram and Twitter. Jimmy's doing get, got people doing that. We've got great youngsters around working for us. Um, we've got TrinifoldSportsManagement.com and GolfingForLife.com. So. With all of that stuff, you can go find whatever you want that relates to what we're doing, and you can get it on a daily basis. Well, I'll tell you what. You can return Jimmy a message that he is more than welcome this summer to come on, maybe even around the Open Championship. We can talk a little bit about golf over there across the pond. I would love to have him and talk more about this program because I think it's vanguard in so many ways, Bill. I think that what you're doing, um, these little um, sort of, you know, boutique entities like yours are building up careers and helping people work towards their dreams. And it doesn't always have to be professional golf, but they're creating better people. And to me, you know, as a PGA professional and someone who's tried to mentor people my whole life, I think that that is supremely important. So I love every aspect of it. Well, you know, and also, you know, these youngsters, what we do with our youngsters, we get them to commit. If they sign to us, we get them to commit to a period an annual, like a week every year <clears throat> to devote to charity. And we take them also to the teenage cancer unit that we've got in London to show them how fortunate they are compared to other youngsters who are afflicted with the disease through no fault of their own and make them appreciate the fact that they're fit and healthy and they've got such a great opportunity with their life, you know. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I was uh, listening to an interview with that young lad, Scotty Scheffler, who won the Masters. And um, he mentioned that one of his best friends at the age of 16 died of cancer. And you think to yourself, well, look at the program we've got. Look at Teen Cancer America. That's our charity. If... If that boy had known about that at that time, we could have given him some comfort, some help, you know. So the more we can get out there with the charitable areas we're in, um, the better. And if we can get ambassadors, such as people like a Scotty Scheffler and people like that, you know, noted sportsmen 
to be ambassadors for Teen Cancer America and Teenage Cancer Trust in England, the amount of youngsters we can help would be phenomenal. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to do my best to turn you into a bigger ambassador here in the New York City area. My audience loves to get to know my guests and a little bit more of an intimate level there, Bill. So I hope you're game for this. We're going to do a little rapid fire Q&A to learn a little more about you. We've heard all about your different endeavors, but, you know, we want to get get to know behind the curtain, the man, the myth, the legend that is Bill Kerbishley. You up for a little game here? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> shoot. <laughs> here we go. All right. I may know the answer to this, but I'm going to I'm going to shoot it anyway. The best place to host a rock concert in the United States. The garden. <laughs> How many hole in ones without doubt. OK, thanks. Well, thanks for that. My audience loves you for that. How many hole in ones do you have? How many hole in ones? I've never had one. I've hit the pin many times, but no hole in one. You're flying from London to New York. Is there a person you haven't met yet you would like to sit next to you for that entire flight? Well, um, in the end, Jack Nicholas. I'd pick Jack Nicholas. But, yeah, because I've met with him a couple of times and didn't have a chance to really get into the man himself, you know? And um, that would be brilliant. Again, a man who's done so much for golf, but also for other people, you know, because I met with him to talk about doing, this was before the pandemic, and I met with him and Scott Tully, who works for him, uh, to talk about doing um, a charity concert and uh, bringing in lots of his uh, professional golfers. And the proceeds go into Teen Cancer America and to Jack's uh, charity for, young, for, for children. And um, what an interesting, wonderful man. So, yeah, I'd have Jack sit next to me for seven hours. That would be brilliant. He'd, he'd have had enough of me by then, but <laughs> it would be great. All right, next one. Do you prefer sunrises or sunsets? Sunrises, if I'm in somewhere where, the, where we've actually got the sun. <laughs> I must say that um, being in Spain and living in Spain for some time, um, and my wife's Argentinian, so we go to Argentina quite a bit, to wake up with the sun shining makes you feel a different person. So sunrise if there is sun. <laughs> Describe 2022 in one word. Fragmented. Mm, I like that. All right. Um, no work involved. All right, it's a pleasure trip. Name a place you would like to visit on your bucket list. I think that would have to be go back to Japan. The experiences we had in Japan was fantastic. I've got the old promoter there, Mr. Udo, wonderful, wonderful man. So, yeah, I'd, I'd go back to Japan. It's not quite bucket list. I've been there once before, but I would like to go back there. The most common advice you give a golfing for life athlete? You're going to find there's something that's really elusive. But if you can grasp it, it will hold you in good stead for the rest of your life. And it's called, wait for it, patience. Ooh. Oh, man. 
You are the best. All right. Would you rather have a pause button or a rewind button in your life? Well, it's a long story, but I think a pause. <clears throat> I think to rewind is a little bit of, uh, in some ways, a wrong move. Because if, like myself, you're lucky enough that whatever happens in your life, you come out on top, why would you want to do a rewind? You know, it's been a good life. I would say that my, the most regrets I've got in life are when I've said yes instead of no. Wow. All right, one more. Name one trait that best describes you, Bill. <laughs> I don't want to sound immodest, but um, perseverance, I would say. You know what, Bill? I mean, you have exceeded my expectations this afternoon. And you make sure you tell Jimmy that we'll have him on as well in a couple of weeks. There's no doubt about it. Anything I can do to promote golfing for life, I'm a fan for life. There's no doubt about that. So thanks for being on the pro show this afternoon. Well, when, we get, when I get back and I see Jimmy, we'll get back in touch with you. And maybe you can do a future program with him because he's a really interesting guy. And the biggest heart you'll find on the planet. I can't wait to do it then. You know, it's, it's just been tremendous being with you this afternoon. Folks, I'm running quick into 4 p.m. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Coming back to wrap up today's show with, of course, the weekly update. The Max Kellerman Show. You know, there was no one there like, hey, where's that guy we just hired? He just stopped showing up suddenly 15 years ago. So you got to wait. It's 650 G's. And now he's being sued. I don't know. I, you can't just not show up for work. But, but if he's not, like, doing anything fraudulent and they're just sending him the checks, I mean, why wouldn't he just deposit it in his account? The Max Kellerman Show, weekdays at 2 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Watch exclusively on ESPN+. The Stick and Act Challenge app is available now for iOS. Now, the Challenge app is like no other golf game out there. It takes the focus off of your final score and instead turns your round into a collection of challenges, objectives, and accomplishments. With more than 90 unique challenges to choose from, you'll never have the same experience twice. And if that's not enough, you can also challenge friends or strangers to see who comes out on top. Plus, with an XP system that rewards your successes, you'll be motivated to keep pushing yourself further. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out with the game, the Stick and Act Challenge app is the perfect way to add some extra fun to your golf game. Get ready for the back nine. As the pro show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show on ESPN 920. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. All right. Knowing your mastery of music. I get this, but I, I'm not sure I think it, it is what it is. Let's see. Let's see where this one goes. All right. You know where this show's going. It's going up on all those podcast platforms tonight when I get a chance to post it. You want to follow me on social media? Go right ahead. I love those little Pro Show Thursday thoughts that I give at the end of the show. I post them all the time. You're all over the country like I am these days? 920ESPNNewJersey.com. Hit the Listen Now button. Oh, one more thing. I forgot. <laughs> I read my list here. Read the line, everybody. Readtheline.com. Let's go. Oh, you 
you know I love Eddie and the Boys. You know, it's a loud Pearl Jam kind of weekend here for me at the Jersey Shore. Wherever you celebrate this weekend, remember our servicemen and women and enjoy it all safely. You too there, Mr. Wade Weezer. Absolutely. Let's do it. Rock and roll. Come on. Imagine seeing that last night in MSG. With Pearl Jam? No. no. They closed, well, I mean, I love Pearl Jam, but man, The Who is legendary. And that's what they closed with last night. They closed with Bab O'Reilly. I don't know how many, for how many years as a young uh, teenager, I thought that song was called Teenage Wasteland. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, Bab O'Reilly. There you for, go. For years and years. Yes. <laughs> well, there you go, everybody. You're listening this afternoon. You've earned yourself a trivia question that's for right. this weekend for any cocktail party that you attend. Uh, yeah, okay, I hear the music, yes. TaylorMade, for over 40 years, golfers have inspired TaylorMade to make a lot of great drivers. But as we know, all eventually reach their limit. TaylorMade has been hard at work making the next generation of drivers because where titanium ends, carbon begins. 20 years in the making, the carbon wood age is here. Head on over to TaylorMadeGolf.com. As usual, we're running short on time. I mean, Bill was that guy. Yeah, what are you going to do? Was it unbelievable? Say, hurry up, Bill. No, golly. <laughs> All right, here. I love this story from this week. Put down the phone. A new hero has emerged on the American sporting scene. The Michelob Ultra guy, a golf fan known only by Mark, has gone viral after being spotted last week in the background of a photo taken at the PGA Championship in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The pic shows a group of fans at Southern Hills Country Club with nearly all of them pointing their cell phones at Tiger Woods, except Mark. He can be seen cradling an $18 can of Michelob Ultra and watching, <laughs> watching with his own two eyes. After capturing the beer company's attention, Mark now features in an ad and has his own line of merchandise, including a hat and T-shirt featuring the tagline, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Absolutely. People were complaining about the $18 beers all week, but it seems to me, right, they were more valuable than we thought, Wade. That's right. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, how about this one? A different kind of bear trap. Oh, yes. The golden bear, Jack Nicholas, is being sued by the Nicholas companies. <laughs> you can't make it up. On May 13th, a complaint filed in the Supreme Court of the state of New York against the 82-year-old golf legend alleged a breach of contract with the Nicholas Companies. The complaint alleges three specific instances, one of which is wrongful conduct regarding negotiations with the PIF Saudi Investment Fund, where Nicholas was reportedly offered $100 million to join the startup Live Golf Investments in Invitational Series. Right. Oh, yeah. It always goes back. It always goes back. It's unbelievable. Uh, we are saddened to be put in this situation that now requires intervention from a court, but we all have responsibility to Nicholas Companies and its employees, as well as to our customers and partners, to ensure that nothing disrupts the ongoing business of the company. We are confident that working together, we can resolve this quickly and amicably. And we also really like money. Jack Nicholas II, he's the vice chairman of the company. Okay. I mean, come on. You know, all right. So the, the complaint was filed on May 13th. They have 30 days to respond. Nicholas does, uh, which comes the week of the memorial, which Jack Nicholas hopes on, on the PGA Tour. I mean, unbelievable. And that's, of course, your Pro Show update for the week ending May 27th, 2022. As we get out of here, got to thank our sponsors. Of course, New Jersey Golf Foundation, TaylorMade Golf, certainly Bill Kerbishley. Can't thank him enough for coming on the show today. And of course, be, it's great to be back in the booth with you, my friend, Wade Weezer. And you know I love my listeners. So before I go, I'm going to leave you all with one brief thought about observation. When looking at anything, be curious and ask thoughtful questions. 
It's amazing what we can see when we don't look through judgmental eyes. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and this is The Pro Show. Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the team next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.